This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. September 13th here in the MVSP. Myself, Brandon Worth, joined with Joe Nagy. What's happening, Joe? Not too much. Very solid <laughs> intro. <laughs> and also with Travis Hicks here joining us. Travis, welcome. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm happy to be back. Absolutely. Always, always. You know, it's been a busy week. You got you had a full slate of Ferris State Athletics to cover as the lead sports reporter for the Bulldogs. Overall, well, thank you, Brandon. have you gotten any sleep over the last like 48 hours? Brandon, not a lot. <laughs> Rob, Rob and Harrison have me like on a rope right now. No, I'm just gonna hope they're not listening. No, but um, I love it. It's been great, uh, and we've been winning. We've been winning, so we it's been, been very fun. The interviews have gone good, and uh, we're we're having a lot of fans back. You know, for football, the previous week we had four thousand. So I'm very Dang. I'm excited to cover more sports, and yeah, yeah, it's which, been very good. I mean, with even Saginaw, we might even expect yeah. more than that because this is a pretty big game coming up. But yeah. we'll get into Ferris yeah. Sports here in a minute. But first, make sure if you're on campus and <clears throat> If you were like me or like Joe or Travis, you watched Sports Center growing up, there's a lifetime opportunity for you coming up on Wednesday. That'll be tomorrow when this episode comes out at 8 p.m. in the UCB 116 room. Kevin Gandhi is going to be zooming with our Sports Careers RSO and Bulldog Radio clubs. I'm super excited about it, and if you want to learn more about the sports industry and his path to ESPN, make sure you come out. It is once in a lifetime. I mean, we can't stress this enough, guys. This is gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. He's for coming this. right from set too. Yeah, he's coming off of Sports Center to come Zoom with us. What a man! What this a guy! Is, this is amazing, guys. I think this is like out of the years we've been here, probably arguably the biggest sports speaker series that we've had. Oh, yeah. especially far. someone that we've all watched growing up. So I'm very excited, not only for us but for the freshmen, for people who are just like now getting this college experience to come in and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I was just watching Kevin Gandhi yesterday. And now we get to ask some questions. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's very cool for everyone. It's gonna be super, super, very cool. cool. But Bulldog sports fans, make sure that you can check that out. You can reserve on um, if you go to our Bulldog or the Bulldog Connect. I believe there's an event there made already. Or you could reach out to the emails in their social media post, which is at Sports Careers RSO on Instagram, so you can check that out. But Ferris State Sports Report got a lot to recap. One most notably, oh, yeah. our dog's football team just keeps on rolling. Another Keep win on, rolling. on the road against now non-conference opponent Ashland, but same result. 45-19, a domination on the road. And, I mean, really... We're just seeing Jared Bernhardt making a run that has just been magical to watch. There's really no other way to put it at this point. Yeah, honestly, I never would have thought that that guy would have came from D1 lacrosse and would have just made a, a case already in the first two weeks to be the best D2 national player of the year already. It's insane of how good he is and already how just he's been able to kind of command the defense and really spread out the field. He's been he's a little bit spotty on the long throws. I will give him that. But the slants and when he needs to take the ball into his own hands and get the run down, he's going to be able to do it. And he's going to make defenses basically shake in their boots whenever he gets the ball. And especially toss that in with our, our three-quarterback system. It's a really great situation that we got ourselves here where now that we're going into Saginaw, who's kind of been on the upside a little bit of where they've been able to go with their program, it's going to be a solid test. I think we're going to be able to kind of come out with a big win uh, as usual, but it's definitely going to be interesting one uh, this coming Saturday. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very excited to cover this game Saturday. Saginaw always presents a pretty good test. The GLIAC, no bias, but I think you both can agree is the best division in Division Two oh, athletics yeah. for football. No and Jared question. Bernhard, I mean, this guy has been insane. Like the stuff he tearing is doing, up, just tearing it up. You know, coming from lacrosse to be this efficient as a football player. And the thing about the Ashland game, guys, we had a lot of holding penalties, and we still scored 45 points. So the potential for this offense is through the roof. Obviously, in the Finley game, we had 40 in the first half. It's really been a well balance of rushing and passing. I mean, he is making a run already at the Harlan Hill. It could be potentially our third ever with Jason and obviously Jay Rue, who've won it before. But overall, the team is playing great De- defensively, scoring, allowing under 20 points in back-to-back games is great. And then we're working out the kinks, but I just think the Ashland game was key for me because Ashland, as you guys know, is good at every sport, especially football. They always present a test, and they're usually very, very mm-hmm. good at home. So to come in there and blow them out like that, even with the penalties, I believe we have a bright 
um, future head. And now we're number two in the polls, just behind the reigning champion, West Florida. So I think as long as we keep making improvements, we can definitely make a run this year. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for yeah. Sure. And I mean, I'm glad you brought up um, Jason Vanderlaan. I mean, by far one of the greatest Division two quarterbacks of all time. You can make the oh, argument yeah. even in college football in general. But I mean, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. Not necessarily, we're not throwing all over the field and just absolutely torching guys deep. Like, we're beating them physically. Like, this is a team that, like, we're not afraid to run the ball over 30 times. And we did that against Ashland and only only threw it about 10 times. So just the fact of we're not afraid to put our heads down and say, hey, we're going to beat you in the trenches straight up. And the fact that we keep doing that, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I know, um, Joe, you had the point of it can be a little bit of a red flag because of potential teams down the road that have locked down in the trenches that might present a small challenge. Mm But, I mean... We've, we're still seeing just magical stuff. I mean, Bernhardt, 14 carries, 210 yards. And, yes, he plays quarterback, not running back. I know it's a lot of you are getting into your fantasy stats, but, no, that is from a quarterback. And he still had 86 yards in the air, two total touchdowns. And even a touchdown for Marcus Taylor. Yeah, he plays receiver, by the way, on a trick play. That one was pretty sweet. That and, was really cool to watch. I mean, that was a really fun play. And even, I think, honestly, the best play was um, Bernhardt, an 81-yard touchdown run. Oh, yeah. that, that thing was just insane, just him being able to get into space. And just, like, if you watch, like, his path all the way across the field, it was not a straight line. It was zigzag. Yeah, it's it it like was, a big old S-curve. Yeah, yeah, but it was a perfect example of you don't need to be the fastest to outrun people in the game of football. And well, I think that really kind of shows it. It almost reminds me of Bo Jackson in the Tecmo Bowl game, like, where you could just run zigzag. Yeah. and you'd automatically score touchdown every single play. <laughs> oh, it kind of reminds gosh. me of that because, I mean, just it's all about angles, baby, geometry. Well, that's the thing about him coming from lacrosse. It's such a – lacrosse is a huge, like, one-on-one sport, especially trying to get around people. Oh, he's yeah. not – he's something. not – unfamiliar with being able to get those little jab steps and being able to if you see just the most minuscule amount of open space you're going to be able to burn someone and he's not really uh, he's not really foreign to the thought of getting like absolutely smacked with a stick on your neck basically yeah. like yeah. He's, he's not weak s- at he's all. not scared of pain and yeah and then that 80 yard run is basically just testament to what he's been able to do and just kind of how that lacrosse background is being able to really like transfer over extremely well to football and I think that's going to be really well for him especially coming into Saginaw Valley so Oh yeah, he's kind of like, if I had to make a comparison, this might be outlandish, but I think he's like the Luka Doncic of D2 Athletics already. He's like, he's not the biggest, he might not be the strongest, but he's crafty and his IQ is high. Mm-hmm. So like the point the point you both just made is amazing. He's he's able to make plays on his feet with the lacrosse reference that you just made, Joe and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Like he's able to agile and like get through people. So it's kind of like a Luka Doncic thing because Luka's not really the most flashiest, but gets the job done. When you look at the stats, you're like, oh my gosh, like he just had an amazing game. So I think uh, Jared, like I would definitely compare it to like a Luca because he he's that special. Yeah, of course, that's a great point. I I never really thought of that, but that was a great point. Very, oh, thank you. Very thank you. interesting. Yeah. I just thought of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ashland concludes our like preseason play, I guess you could say. Then we're going to be heading into Gleak play, but some scores from around the Gleak uh, also concluding their preseason play. Davenport took on Walsh over the weekend, one ten six, so good for them. Uh, Northern Michigan lost to Wisconsin Oshkosh, twenty eight to ten. Saginaw Valley lost to Bowie State, nineteen to twenty eight. So hopefully mm. that bodes well for us coming into this weekend. Northwood took on Tiffin, lost six to forty. Pretty big blowout there. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Truman took on Wayne State, twenty seven to nine. And uh, lost that one. Michigan Tech took on St. Thomas. Lost that one, twelve to nine. Not the best look for the Gleak so what? far this week. What in the weekend, world is going on? Grand, yeah. Did Grand Valley play? Yes, they did. But they were able to beat Colorado St. Pueblo, thirty-four to fourteen. So pretty handily yeah. there. But I mean, it's Grand Valley, so that's kind of what you expect. So. Anchor bone. Right. Anchor bone. Mark it down, baby. They just moved up to number ten in the rankings. I want to say so. If both of us keep winning, heading into that game, maybe Fox maybe Sports Detroit. Be, you listening? I know, dude. You <laughs> know, it'll be that two-three matchup. Like you know what's yeah, so yeah. exciting? Our cross-country schedule got changed, and we'll cover that obviously. You're gonna come to Anchor Bone. I'm coming to Anchor Let's Bone. Go. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. First I'm time. So Let's excited. Go. My first time it's going in, to Anchor it's Bone. It's in GV though, so we'll have to. So what? I'll go to Lovers. Who cares? It's Anchor Bone. I'll make the drive. I'll make the drive if it was literally the way. 
Kent State at Tiff. That's hour, basically. I'd make the drive down. Oh, okay, I wouldn't say West Florida. That's a little bit of a drive. I'd <laughs> definitely fly yeah. I'd make the drive to, uh, what is it, McKinney, Texas, where the yeah. national championship is. Oh, yeah, is. I'd make that drive. But if we make it there, was, I'm going. With the national oh, championship, that would definitely have the, the oh, aptitude yeah. of running. But um, just some other stats to run over. Marvin Campbell, 76 yards on the ground, one touchdown on 13 carries. Tyler Miner also found the end zone. Evan Cummins also found the end zone. Um, Xavier Wade also ha- are obviously had that trick play touchdown catch for 83 yards. Cy Barnett, four catches, 44 yards. And, wait for it, a field goal. Yeah, he kicked a field goal. And Marcus wow. Taylor. He can th- do everything. Th- he can do it all. <laughs> he's he's he a punter, too. Yeah, and Cy he can Barnett, punt. He's Cy Barnett, he can uh, do it at all, man. He's like our he Don Kelly, former Tigers player. Yeah. I know he's he, the Don Kelly. He's, he's like the Jabril Peppers when he played at Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely Mr. Everything. Utility, I love it. He can do I almost everything. But speaking of cross country, shout out to my teammates for taking two W's on Saturday. I know Travis was there. I appreciate the coverage, my friend. Oh, yeah. Great so day for us. See. Great way to break off the rust and get back into racing action. We had our both men's and women's sides taking overall first place finishes and capturing team titles in both races um, against Rochester, Alpina Jackson, and Grace Christian. So definitely great to start off with a win, and it was great yeah. just to get back out on the mm-hmm. course again. Because I know like times really weren't necessarily the goal going in, because it's your fir- it was our first race in two years. And mm-hmm. I know it felt very weird, especially the first two miles, and then you kind of find a groove. And But by that time, the race is almost over. So uh, it was definitely a great race, and it was great to see all the teammates succeed, and it was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that, that was awesome, Brandon. It was cool to cover you i just thought that was funny you know like we all like do the podcast that was my first ever cross-country event but it was very fun uh, they go by pretty quick i see mm-hmm. and that lasted about an hour and a half to um two hours and we won so that's always great and i know it was great for you guys to get back on the course like you said nearly um two years and seems like you have a very competitive squad and i mm-hmm. definitely wish you guys the best uh moving forward and i can't wait to hopefully get more uh cross-country um events under uh, my belt yeah that'll be fun our next will be uh at spartan which will be on friday Awesome, man. A little doozy. It's going to be a fun one. There's going to be a lot of good schools there. What schools were at this last one? Uh, I believe it was Rochester, Grace Christian, and then there was a couple of community colleges in there. We don't. We like to keep it very business. We like to keep it small, especially for the first one. But there's a there's a lot of schools that do the same thing. So definitely, definitely going to be fun because this week's going to be the the true test. Oh yeah, we we got all these these fun big schools come into Michigan Ooh, State okay. but it'll be it's going to be it's going to be a fun race that's you're going to see a lot of fast times there just because now it gets real racing compared to what we had on Saturday oh, but yeah. speaking of success soccer well done 5 nothing win against Walsh at their place so yeah that's going to be a great road trip on the way home but a 5 nothing win for coach Henson's squad nothing short of dominance expected and i mean this team really has shown great resiliency, especially after that brutal first game against Finley. Just the ability to bounce back. I know we talked with Maddie Dickens. You can check that episode out in the feed. We're really seeing them lock in and saying, you know, we didn't do this right the first yeah. game. We didn't do this very well. We couldn't find the net. We had a couple times where we gave up open looks, and they have really locked it down. I mean, the fact of getting on, they, we only allowed two shots on goal throughout this game and mostly got both the saves which also got her um the clean sheet and we put 15 shots on net five of them going in and that's what it takes to get the w yeah i mean that first game was a tough one i think we had what like 30 some shots and none of them went in only Mm -hmm. eight on goal and now i mean like you said with maddie she said they needed to really find where they were going with the season and they found it i mean 12 goals in the last three games they've just been so efficient on what they've been able to do uh with this offense and then the defense has just been locked down as well to face so little shots and especially for our goalkeepers to kind of stay in in the game especially when you're kind of just not really getting too much action is a is a round of applause as well so i'm super excited especially for this weekend you're going to have the wisconsin parkside purdue northwest kind of double header a little bit which is going to be a tough test but nonetheless i think we're going to have pretty set up for this weekend oh yeah the soccer team i love coach Simpson. i love that guy he's just his competitiveness rubs off on the team as you can see the last few games like you said 12 goals in the last three games and back-to-back shutouts defensively they've been amazing and in the lindenwood game i got to cover they've they're just like really starting to bond in early too even with the transfers other people they have on that team i love how like kind of 
Brianna Rogers has kind of been like the quarterback, kind of getting the young group along, and they have potential. I think we can not only win another GLIAC championship. But I think no bias, obviously. No, I'm just playing no bias. I think they can make a run at a national uh, championship. As long, obviously, it's early, growing pains and stuff like that. But we do have one of the best soccer programs. You know, the GLIAC is a very competitive conference, obviously, with us in Grand Valley. But I love what the girls are doing, and obviously, you rather get the growing pains out now than later in the season. So I think in the next few games, especially this weekend, you'll see them hitting a stride. That can't continue for a while. Yeah, yeah I think sure. we'd all agree you'd rather lose the first one than the last one. You oh, know? Yeah. oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's definitely fair. Uh, goals for Grace for Hodge. Emily Mergner got two. Two is better than one. Uh, Pianago with one goal and also a new record. We, she is now the school record holder for game-winning goals. So shout wow. out to yeah, Pia. Pia. Incredible to accomplishment. Pia's a goat. So she was, she's been a dominant force up front, and we expect nothing less because she's a fantastic player. And Peyton Price also put one in the net, tallying out the five goals. And also, um, excuse me, Daria Mosley got GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week for her clean sheet. So also that's a shout-out as well. Just racking up the awards. Just keep them coming, baby. Yeah. That's all. We that's just, what we do at Ferris Athletics. Just know. keep collecting the rings, baby. <laughs> but moving on to volleyball song, much of the same. Um, We ended up winning, or I wouldn't say, I guess winning. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the classifications were, the tournament were, but we were 2-1 and one, um, playing over in Tyler, Texas. Just a little bit of a drive for the lady volleyball team. But we got the win over Harding in the opening match 3-0. Uh, Oklahoma Baptist was a little bit of a rough game. Lost that one 3-zip and came back with a nice rebound win against Northeastern Oklahoma. And I think overall it was a, it was a good trip. Obviously had those had those kinks in there, but still got it done. And I mean just the fact that this team's kind of kind of back into the groove and I mean especially with the last game seeing all the blocks I think it just shows, like, we're back. We're starting to get that defensive role again because I think the offense is never really the question. Is if I think it's really if we can get back to being a very solid defensive team in front of the net and we're able to capitalize on mistakes and not commit the mistakes, I mean... There's a reason why we've been on the run for conference championships the last decade. So, and I think that can keep going because this team is dominant, and Coach Brandon Wilhelm's done an amazing job. And we expect nothing less moving forward because this team, this team's on the roll. We're taking on tough competition, and we're sticking it to them, especially in this early season. Yeah, I mean that's what we saw at the first tournament as well. I mean we had that solid role going, and then we faced with Winona State last weekend. Had that little hiccup, the three-one loss there. But I mean, once you go into this weekend, another hiccup, but. You're coming into uh, GLIAC play. You're going to be facing a tough team against Northern Michigan. It's a great tough situation team. right now to kind of come off that final win and really have kind of that win at your backs and really get get the season started on a good note, especially when regular season's coming up. You're going to have a tough start. You're going to be facing off against Mi- Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech, and Graham Valley State for your first three, which <laughs> is not, not going to be an easy not gonna wow. be, gonna be an easy role. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm yeah. just thinking the same thing. GLIAC's really been giving us some upper, no. uppercuts yeah. right now with all of our scheduling. In the game, the girls uh, soccer team like a four game road stretch like what are yeah. we doing here they gotta stop us somehow but none regardless it's gonna be a tough test for them for these first three weeks but if they can get through that get through it really solidly and face the competition and really meet them there I think it'll be a really really good situation for us oh yeah I think volleyball you know our resume basically from the last seven years speaks for itself. We won six out of the last seven GLIAC championships. I think they're going to continue to um, have stride. Obviously, last weekend it was a little bit of a struggle. I remember watching that game when we lost three to um, one in that set. But I think um, we're just going to keep going and keep uh, getting better. Katie O'Connell for president. You know, I, I love her <laughs> game and like the entire team. They just have like um, this competitive nature, but also they're just having fun. And that's what's mainly about. I love how they cheer each other on, win or loss. But I definitely think we're going to have a lot of wins. Um, Coach T, she always recruits a great recruiting class. You know, I know we haven't been um, at Ferris that long, but like every year we've been here, they're always competitive. And um, I think this year we're going to see a lot more wins. This upcoming weekend is obviously going to be a challenge with the games that you already named, Joe. But um, I think we're definitely going to um, keep winning. And um, I'm excited uh, to see them moving forward. And honestly, I just want to see, you know, what is going to happen. I think we've had a lot of success in the conference, obviously winning six out of the last seven but now is the next step to maybe make that national a uh, push so um i really think you know katie o'connell and the other players that they have i'm really excited for it yeah and um i believe i 
apologize if I butcher the name. Olivia Henemy Dulape, I think is or Dalapi, whatever. Oh, sorry, probably if I messed up your last name. Um, but I mean, she had 16 kills in the final game, which was something I, I noticed because wow. I mean, normally obviously we see Katie's name on the top of the list. Yeah. Seeing <laughs> that she's bringing the firepower as well as Kira, Kira Merkel, just showing like we have gr amazing players. But don't sleep on the ones on the other side too. Like we got some quality players. I mean, Nina's holding it in the back and Libero spot, and then you got obviously Samantha Herman locking down the middle, and we got so many great servers and um digs um artists in the back row, and it's really gonna it's a great team, and we there's a reason we have so much hype and potential behind this team every year. It's because you're you're right, Travis. On paper, this team that Tia puts to, or Coach T has put together is fantastic, and we really really just can't wait to watch them just continue their role and really just keep taking the Gleak by storm because really this it's nothing but up really at this point but finishing out the Ferris Sports Report golf was in action at the Al Walters Intercollegiate Invite over the weekend carded a 599 total team score over the two days of the tournament finished 11th overall I believe there's over 20 27 28 teams something around there I might have my facts wrong but then again I'll just be like Stephen A. Smith and keep it rolling uh, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm just oh, kidding oh. Travis I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but I see what they you ended up there. shooting on 292 <laughs> over a 307 in the round before, which was the notable headline on FerrisStageSports.com. 15-stroke improvement. And we were talking about this last year, Joe. The MO of this Ferris State Bulldogs golf team is we get better every round we play. And that's a great thing to do, especially yeah. when you're in tournament play. Because, you know, chase day, moving day. You want to be in that better spot. You don't want yeah. to fall backwards. For sure. I mean, we saw that last year. We kind of, especially like the first couple of rounds that we covered, we were in this spot. We were kind of in the middle, a little bit kind of farther back from the top of the pack. And then once we got to the end, that's when we really started hitting our stride. I mean, you had Thomas Hersey, who won GLIAC Golfer of the Year, who kind of led our team to be number one and to win the GLIAC Championships. And yeah. that's basically the reason why. We took one shot at a time, made sure that each shot was the best that we could do, and we got better every round, which is honestly the best that we can, or the best mind mindset to have especially this early in the year and i'm really excited especially to see i mean new coaching we got a new coach we got mm -hmm. a new kind of i guess new look on the horizon coming up for the season gonna ref, really be repping to get that uh two-time gliac na or national champ gliac championship uh, under our belt if we can go back to back that would be phenomenal mm -hmm. golf is um i love that sport like all all of our sports teams have been so competitive it's been like so fun to cover it like just like the winning and i think we can go back to back i think with a lot of the roster back and the guys you've already named i think it's going to be an exciting time and exciting feeling but the more we keep winning i think it it just makes for more generations of winning. What I mean by that is the more Ferris keeps winning, more people are going to keep signing. And the recruiting classes for next year for sports I was looking at the other day are pretty insane for football, basketball, golf, and other um, sports. So I think it was definitely a great weekend to be a Bulldog. And I mean, actually, actually every weekend's a great weekend to be a Ferris State Bulldog, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think one thing to note that this golf team finished 11th. And the, some of the guys that you mentioned, Thomas Hersey, Josh Jeffords, were not at this tournament. So really? that shows you how deep That's this team I mean. is. We're I mean, I mean, finishing 11th over a lot of some of these teams, first team squads. That's, That's what a, I'm it's a subtle flex Th right there. These were our backups. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's looking nothing but up, and I think it's just great the fact. Guys, we get to talk about this stuff again. It's been too long since we've been able to be in these Ferris State Sports reports. Because, I mean, the last year has just been hard on oh, yeah. everybody. And it's just it's just been so just so grateful to be back. And it's really fun to see everybody succeeding. And with the fall season heating up, it's going to get even more exciting. And, I mean, it just got more exciting with our new addition at Athletic Director. So, Steve Brocklemeyer is now our new um, excuse me, athletic director here at Ferris State Athletics, and we are excited to have him on the team. And I believe he is starting in, I believe it's October, if I remember correctly. Yep, it is October. So it's going to be definitely fun to have him on the team, and we look forward to what he's going to bring to to this Bulldog Athletic Department. And it's going to be fun to see how he takes over and just riding the train, because I mean. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun because I don't think there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities to take over uh, such a dominant, like a dominant program in oh, Division yeah. Two across the board, and I think it's just, 
exciting. Just the fact that I think someone new and just having a new perspective, I think is going to be it's going to be really good. Oh yeah, I'm very excited, and I am sad to see Perk leave. He's been amazing for us. But Steve, I'm very excited to welcome him to the Ferris family. And what a great situation to walk in on. You know, the football team's number two. Volleyball's been very good. So all these sports. So I think um, he's not too far from Big Rapids, I believe. So um, you know, he doesn't have to you know uh, travel too far. And it's just like a new experience being athletic director, being like you know kind of like the head person for athletics and people coming to you for different things and kind of getting a chance to develop and connect new relationships with younger guys for a lot of the athletes here do want to become athletic directors or even people in the sports comm program one potential day so i think uh him sharing his stories when he gets here is going to be very fun i think he's going to enjoy his time here Bick rapids is a great place to be ferris is a great place you know for sports so i think he's going to really enjoy it i do wish perk the best in his future endeavors it is sad to see him go but very excited for steve yes yeah, yeah. And and i think be fun i think the athletic director position is a really like I want to say overlooked but misunderstood like of how much they actually have to do with you know scheduling make sure everything's there for them of course they have assistance but all in all everything really goes to them and they have the final say so I think it's a big thing now to like you said he's coming into the situation where we have some of the best teams in the country for our respective sports but it's kind of up to him to what can I what can he do that's going to be able to kind of keep him at that spot, making sure that they have all the things that they need, making sure that their accommodations are well. I mean, getting hotels for them, making sure that it's just kind of a stress-free transition right. especially. And I think he's going to do a really great job because I mean, we've seen what he's been or we've seen his accolades, seen all that stuff, and especially to kind of have to fill in the shoes of Berg is going to be a great job. It's going to be a really great new opportunity for him. Yes, we're excited, and I do want to apologize. I did mispronounce his name, not by on not on purpose. My notes autocorrected. Thanks, Google. Hate to see um, it. Steve <laughs> Brocklebank is his name, and he is coming in, and he's going to do a great job because we're all behind him. No thanks to you, Google. But before <laughs> we move into college football, I wanted to make sure to let you know that Eagle Village is a great place to make impact on the lives of youth. It's a missional close by. If you want to learn more, go to eaglevillage.com where potential source. Now, moving into NCAA, college football was in action over the weekend, and boy, it was a fun time if you're an anti-Ohio State Buckeye fan. <laughs> they lost. They lost. They lost, <laughs> baby. So oh, yeah. Who would have thought? The first game. Oh, it's beautiful. The, you love to see it. First game back in the shoe, and then Oregon comes in. People are saying, oh, this is going to be like a 20-point game. We're going to, like, Ohio State's going to win. Then Oregon comes in, shocks the world, takes the grin off of Ohio State's oh. face, and just makes it so that the Big Ten is now wide open, fellas. It's wide open. Oh, yeah, I'm very happy. You know, we don't really care for Ohio State. I'm sorry, my uh, friends from Ohio or Cincinnati, whatever. But to lose at home this early, and, you know, Oregon wasn't even at full strength, guys. I think this this might be a bold prediction, but I believe I'm right. Ohio State will not make the college playoff because the rest of their schedule is not that strong enough compared to, like, someone like, bold. no, this is bold, but I believe I'm right. I, I'm not going to take it back what I said because Clemson, someone who already lost, Clemson still has to play different teams, or even, like, if Georgia lost too. But I just think Ohio State, the rest of their schedule, is not that tough considering the teams in the Big Ten. So this could have been a statement win at home for Oregon, but the fact that they lost, I don't really see Ohio State later in the season being competitive with Georgia or um, Alabama or even Clemson. So I, I think this is not the Ohio State team from a year ago. Sorry, Justin Fields, but I think uh, I think their season, they're just going to end up being like in the Sugar Bowl or something. They're, they're not going to make the college playoff. <laughs> that is Isn't the, play is the playoffs still expanding though this year, right? Is it? I don't think it's next year. I think it's next year. I think it's next year. I think this is still a fourteen playoff. Yeah, mm. we we can double check on that. But I, I think that is like a very reasonable like prediction yeah. because I think when you look at like um a team like Georgia, like they're not gonna play Alabama in the regular season. That's huge. Right. Like, just the fact you don't have to play Bama is yeah. such a such a great advantage. And they already got their wind under their belt against Clemson. Clemson. That's huge. And just the fact that their their next I think their biggest opponent the rest of the way is I think it's gonna be Auburn. I mean, maybe it just depends on how what we see from other teams like Florida or Arkansas. Maybe after their upset win over Texas, <laughs> Horns Town, I guess. <laughs> Horns Town. Welcome to the SEC, right? Oh, brother, that's gonna be brutal. But we'll get into that another day. But just a fact, hats off to Oregon, man. They played yes, a great game, and they mm. really <laughs> got outplayed. I mean, CJ Strode had a field day at some points. I mean, you look on the stat sheet. I mean, four hundred. 
184 yards is very, very, very impressive, especially for a freshman in only his second game. But the fact is, they made a lot of mistakes and one of them especially being at the end of the at the end of the game their last offensive possession where Strode flew up the ball just over I think it was Olave's head on just a simple more check down pass and it was intercepted and that's what ended the game and I think that's what I know a lot of people are um noticing about Strode is the fact he's overthrown a lot of a lot of his incompletions are overthrows and I mean if you want to make an incompletion, not saying that's your, I mean, that's kind of not your job as a quarterback, but if you're going to, you know, sometimes you don't want to miss high and you'd rather miss low. And I mean, a lot of those cases were just that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest, uh, I guess the greatest show, but I mean, one thing about this game that kind of really opens my eyes for a lot of things is like Oregon is like pretty much the equivalent of some of the Big Ten teams that Ohio State's going to be playing later on in the year. I mean, you look at Michigan State, I, that's kind of what I see in this Oregon team, especially now that Mel Tucker, he hit, the, tran- he hit the transfer portal pretty pretty hard yeah. to be cool. able to get the team that he has now. I mean, who did they play? Who did Michigan State play this week? Like Youngstown State. I yeah. mean, Youngstown, but still, you know, to, yeah, they, still yeah. they still yeah. played extremely so well, uh, given the, t- I mean, 42-14, to 14, and then once Michigan's near the end of the year, I mean, it's still going to be a really tough... Uh, Ohio State definitely does not have the Big Ten in the bag. They don't really have the rest of the season as a win out in the bag either. True. So, I mean, when you really look at it, it's going to be... a. They're going to have to really kind of have re I guess reprogram kind of recollect themselves uh, just so that the way they can get on a roll a little bit so that they can possibly make it. But this whole game was a really good one to watch, especially seeing... I mean, it was kind of... Especially the first quarter when there was a scoreless, I I was really surprised because I didn't think Ohio State was going to stay scoreless for much of the first quarter, let alone only score seven in the first half. Uh, but nonetheless, Oregon has held them down. They just really didn't let off the gas at all. Uh, basically, the whole game. I'm not, I guess the fourth quarter, but still, they were in control mainly the whole time. Oh yeah, when you look at the game, you made a great point. Only seven points in the first half. That's unheard of for Ohio State offense. You know, they've been great for years, so I think they finally got humbled. Sorry, Ohio State fans. Michigan State and Michigan fans are very happy about it. But uh, you We're know, loving see, it, yeah, baby. Don't see, you worry about it. You know, it. they haven't lost this early. You know, in the season in a while, so uh, it's going to take a lot for Ohio State to make the playoff. Obviously, that's their goal because they haven't won a national title since 2014, 2015 season. So um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I just think Ohio State. Obviously, it's still early, but they showed a lot of weaknesses more so than strengths. And I just yeah. think this, they're not the same team from a year ago that made the national championship. And I think uh, Michigan and Michigan State, honestly, I give us a fighting chance. I really think when we play Ohio State, it can go either way. I'm not guaranteeing a win on either side, but it can really go either way because Michigan has done some things I really like, and same thing with Michigan State. So, um, obviously, it's early. You know, Michigan State, obviously, we played Youngstown State. This shouldn't probably even be Division One. No, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, we blew them out. So, so, you know, it's pretty good right now. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one that thinks that. But, yes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing, I mean, we're talking about Ohio State possibly not making the playoff. And I think the number one thing I worry about is, I mean, I, th- I think it honestly has to be Oklahoma. I mean, you watch yep. after that Tulane game, and I, yes, I know. I look at the scoreboard. I know they won 76 to nothing over, insert name, of FCS school. I think it was, <laughs> it was Western Carolina. Yeah, did you hear that school? No, that's what I thought. But anyway, he's putting 76 points on them means nothing, and I know that probably, I mean, yeah, it's 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 good to, to get yourself motivated back up, but I mean, how many times have we seen Oklahoma collapse? Yeah. And right true. now, they're in the four spot. Now, I do, I I, I mean, the looking at the AP rankings, I mean, they they really did Ohio State dirty. I think they knocked him down to 11 in the in the coaches poll. That's tough. Two, that's too low. The AP poll, I believe, was nine. I think that might be even. Honestly, I don't know. Am I putting Ohio State over Cincinnati still? Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, right now the consensus is Bama's at one, who ruled yep. over Mercer. Georgia obviously got the win at two. Oklahoma's now three. Oregon all the way up to four, well, followed mean, by Iowa at five. Like They, they took their spot because Ohio State was four, I believe, going to that game. Yep, they were four. So, I think – or, no, they were three, actually, going three. into that game because Oklahoma was four after losing to – or not losing to – should have lost to Tulane. I'm still upset about that, <laughs> but I'll get over it. Um, and then Clemson. At six, AM at seven, Cincinnati at eight, Ohio State then at nine, Penn State been doing pretty well. They're sitting at 10 right now, followed by Florida, Notre Dame, UCLA, Iowa State, 
Virginia Tech, Coastal Carolina. Hey, Chanticleers, baby. Yeah, Ole Miss, Sharks. Wisconsin, Arizona State, Arkansas, North Carolina, Auburn, BYU, Miami, and last but not least, the Michigan Wolverines with a big win on Saturday night against Washington. We ran the ball some, and then ran the ball <laughs> some more, and then ran the ball a little bit more, and it ended up working out, but... I mean, I mean, 343 yards on the ground. I mean, hey, wait, am I in the Ferris script? No, never mind. I'm not. It was really the similar. And I mean, we have a dominant one-two punch with Corm and Haskins, and it's super fun to. It's just so nice to have those two on the same side. I wish Giles Jackson was in there, but obviously he chose the wrong side with Washington. But I mean, it was an overall great game. We didn't pass the ball very well. We'll work on that next week against Northern Illinois. We'll get that back together. But still, great win under the lights in the maze out. Beautiful thing to see. Hey, one thing I gotta say, if you're gonna be in a maze out, why would you wear blue jerseys? Yeah, why would true. you not wear your yellow jerseys? That is a good point. That <laughs> oh, is a good geez. point. <laughs> Got the sound the on fans there. Fans were yelling at me already. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's like the big thing. And then they came out there, they were wearing the blue. I'm just like, you could have worn the yellow pretty easily. It's not like the team you're playing was yellow, like, pretty, like, yeah. a. I don't know. That's like the one big thing about it. It's like, why would you wear blue if it's gonna? Everyone else is wearing yellow. That yeah, was my sure. big pet peeve about that night. But and I, I mean, just I can't have my, I can't have my pet peeve. Just shows you we played pretty yeah, well. Yeah, we played pretty well. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, I don't really know what else to analyze off that game. Yeah. No, that was a good win by good. Michigan. You know, it's great to see a lot of fans back at the big house, man. Like, oh yeah. Last year, you know, I just wish we could like fast forward because <laughs> like. It was, like, weird just watching football, like, with no, like, fans, especially here in Michigan. So it was nice to see that. I had a lot of buddies at the game. And Michigan's off to a, you know, 2-0 and start. Jim Harbaugh, you know, I see you finally starting to care about your job. So it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. But true. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. I think this Big Ten Conference is just showing that we're a dominant powerhouse that a lot of people overlook every year. I mean, you got Ohio State, who's in the top five majority of the time outside of this week pretty much every year. Then you got Penn State, Wisconsin climbing the ladder, Iowa beating almost the brakes off of Iowa State, by led by the man that theoretically should be leading the Detroit Lions right now in Matt Campbell. But uh, <laughs> I just love that Dan Campbell used that reference. Yeah, my name's Matt. No, I'm actually not Matt. But this is how I got the job. But I think it's still pretty fun that we still have Big Ten teams yeah. showing their true colors of being a dominant school in almost every sport. And I think it just, mm-hmm. it's over, yeah. as there much was. as we're overrated in like considerable like media, we're still underrated as far as sports conference goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, they only need 3,000 more people to break the record uh, for attendance at the big house on Saturday. Only three, dang. Isn't that I think crazy? it's 111,000 is, is like the most that they've ever had. So there's 108,345 people. Wow. That's insane. To have the first game back from like the pandemic, really like, that is I thought wild. I, when I When I heard his maze, I was like, dude, that's there's a chance that it could... I, I really think like it's going to end up passing at some point because so many people like we we're all in our houses like when our sports come back then it's like when can we go to a sports game yeah. so as soon as like things open I up I think when I think when it's like Michigan State game oh yeah it's going to be huge or like a big rivalry game it's going to be oh, yeah. mackerel yeah, that that's going to be packed I think it's going to be breaking the record by a couple thousand at least Eric, do you oh, want to yeah. go Joe, you want to go to the game? Go to the Michigan game. Pay yeah. $200. Travis, you want to go to the game? Pay. As long as there's no Ferris Athletics, I'm down. All right, we need to pay all, if all pay of us just If we just bond together Cheers and to each bring 1,000 people, oh, yeah. we're, all set. we're good. Yeah, we'll, I we'll mean, we'll get the record. Exactly. But we'll just bring 3,000 people. Just a small people. task. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, that it's going to it's gonna be looking like a good matchup right now. Michigan State taking care of business against the Youngstown State Penguins. What a great mascot. But, um, I mean, I think the biggest notable thing, like Peyton Thorne's been great. I mean, he's been very... Very, very sharp, which I think Michigan State's been finally a quarterback that makes good decisions. I Thank think that's you. one of the biggest Jeez. things that's been, I mean, Lewerke, Trust Lombardi, me. ugh, it's been rough. But now finally, like getting back to maybe not necessarily the full yet because Panthorn is, yeah, he's young, he's going to get there, but the Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook era and so forth. But I mean, the rushing attack's been great. And I mean, the top rusher this week was not Kenneth Walker. It was Jordan Simmons, which really, very mm. interesting. Just the fact now we got two t- one-two punches to look forward to in the Big Ten and potentially them going against each other in a rivalry game. Oh, baby, that sounds great to me. Sign me up 100%. I think it's going to be at Spartan Stadium, though. I would slightly change yeah, that. Yeah, I just, I just checked that. It was, But still, that... that 
I don't know how much uh, Spartan Stadium can hold, but that's going to be in a, a crazy oh, atmosphere. Because yeah. you said oh, yeah, the game's in Lansing this year, but yeah. for the win against Youngstown State, you know, I'm a huge Michigan State fan. You know, my boys, just, they're just doing what they can do. You know, Kenneth Walker for president. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> him and uh, Sims, I love the rushing attack. As you know, last year we had one rushing touchdown. So that was horrific. That was terrible. We were down horrendous. But yeah. I think State is going to, you know, definitely make some strides. And Mel Tucker's doing, you know, what Mike D'Antoni, I mean, not Mike D'Antoni, but, um, you know, what Coach D'Antoni did for years, you know, at MSU. And finally, Brandon, I'm happy you brought up the coach quarterback situation trust me i've been going through it I, we haven't had a good quarterback since connor cook and that it's was a long, long time ago so him and kirk cousins i miss those days those guys are michigan state legends kirk cousins actually never lost to michigan while he was there uh, fun fact four and oh but um i really think they're gonna have a good season and i think that game is going to be insanity i really yeah. think if both teams like have you know a good record going into that game when is that game by chance i did want to ask that it says tbd okay to be determined okay so Wait, there's no data on it I, okay. From what I saw, no, I, it's gonna be. Wow. I think it's probably just determining the time. Okay, it I has, think I think it has to be the it time. It has October thirty set okay. out, but it the says day TBD. before Halloween. <gasps> That oh my gosh! Really, Are you really? Really? Yeah, Spartan Stadium holds seventy five thousand, so okay. I'm betting there's gonna be like yeah. eighty. The tailgating 80K the whole day first. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Holy cool. like mackerel! So we're gonna go. Uh, we should definitely. Maybe we're gonna go. <laughs> and dude, you know what? How much other tickets? We could even stay the night in Detroit, and then the next day we could watch the Detroit Lions play the Eagles on Halloween. Dang. Could hey, be Brandon, worth it. Brandon, I love what you're saying. I don't know if that's man. in my budget, though. Yeah. yeah, we are on college budgets. I mean, carry the one. Yeah, that I don't is know. Rents do at the end of the <laughs> month. You know, I mean, so. hey, I mean, hey, just put in your mutual fund. Maybe, I guess I could. And yeah. then in twenty years from now, you can invest go in Bitcoin games you real quick, and then I'll be I'll be able to afford it. It's okay. Sell some Doge. Yeah, yeah. you can make some Dogecoin. Yeah. Liquidate my stocks account. Sure. Robin Hood. Oops. Oh, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of NFL, before we get off track here, week one is now almost officially in the books. We got one key game coming up that is tonight, but it'll actually be yesterday when this episode comes out on Tuesday. Um, the Ravens against the Raiders, and we will catch you up with the analysis on that on Wednesday's show that will be aired on Thursday, and so you can just stay tuned for that. But, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. Travis, brag about Tom Brady. Go ahead. Well, thank you. You know, this is the main reason why I'm on the show. Goat, 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 Brady, Thomas, Edward, Patrick, Brady. Um, What can I say? Another he also <laughs> might be the only football player that we we mentioned by his, four, his full name. Like, every full time on the show. Time. I, I can't like Barrett, Thomas Edna. Where are you say when I do that? But, um, no, every he had, time. He had a great game. Uh, to be 44, you know, this guy um could be a lot of. Uh, other players' fathers in this league, you know, like Mac Jones or somebody. Well, there was He's, like there was a father that played him, and then his son played in them like yeah, last year. That's, didn't that's he? what I'm saying. That's you know, insane. Four touchdown passes, still two interceptions. You know, uh, still has to work on a few throws. One of those interceptions, I believe, was Leonard Fournette's fault. He did bobble a pass, but um, Brady played amazing. Uh, the offense is looking good. But actually, even though I'm happy Brady won because I'm a huge Brady fan, Dak Prescott. Brandon, he's uh, he's on my team in your league. Uh, I was very happy uh, to not play in 11 months and come back against the GOAT and the reigning Super Bowl champion in that defense, which is always talked about the Buccaneers, throw for over 400 yards and probably should have won that game, even though I was happy the Buccaneers won. Chris Godwin, I love you, but you did push off. Thank God they didn't call it, but you know what I'm just saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, the Cowboys, they played amazing. With how bad Zeke played and Dak showed what he can do. I think Dak, um, this might be another bold take, but I think Dak's going to be a top five quarterback by the end of the season. He Mm-hmm. Dak is so good because last year before he got hurt, he led the league in passing yards. And yeah. even when he got hurt, he still led the league in passing yards for two extra weeks. Well, this is the first time we've seen him fully healthy. Yeah. Really, since he's been in the league. I mean, he's got a fully healthy hip, fully healthy ankle now ever since he just destroyed yeah. it last year. And he's been able to – I mean, we've seen it now. He almost beat Tampa Bay coming off of, you know, the reigning champions. It's a, it's an incredible performance by him, and if you know if it wasn't for a few kind of, few hiccups here and there, it probably would have been a different story. They'd be one and zero right now. Oh yeah, very well could be. I'm I mean, very, okay. I think the the biggest thing off of that game that I know we covered with last week is like the Cowboys played much better than everybody thought. 
Yeah, they were going to. They played yeah. a lot better than we were expecting. So that that's hats off to them. It, they played a great game. One thing I do want to add, in games where people do think it's going to be a blowout, it's never a blowout. I think no. that's so hard. Because like last year, if we go back to February, when the Buccaneers played the Chiefs, everyone, we were all like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the game of the century. We finally got, you know, the... You know the old uh, veteran versus like the young the old, goat. New. You know, yeah, the young and buck. that ended up being a blowout. So I just think it's crazy how things work. But you know, the Cowboys are a team to look for uh, for the season. The Buccaneers, I mean, the way how their schedule is, they could honestly no bias go fourteen and three or fifteen and two. Yeah, mm-hmm. their schedule is really that easy. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you're talking the NFC South with the Falcons and Panthers, guaranteed four, and <laughs> I mean, you beat Jameis and the Saints. There's yeah. six, but uh, hey, I mean. The Saints are they like are they going to be eating dubs every every day with Jameis? As long I as mean, they're prepared, you know. Is he, he's prepared. Hey, he's should, should we talk about that game? Oh, I think Joe, that, that one got me so hard. That is the I got to say this, guys. I'm sorry. That was a huge upset. I really thought the Packers, the team went to it the was. NFC title game. They were a play away from making the Super Bowl, and you get blown out to Jameis Winston. Rodgers wants to get traded. That's Rogers. the, only, that's the I, only way you can explain that. He wants is to get traded. He tanking. He want that's the only way you can explain it. Yeah, because I they there's no reason Jameis Jameis I'm sorry. Well, actually, no. You should five let's touchdowns. Get, let's eat this W. Real quick. Let's you know eat I'm this saying? W. Literally seafood. But, um, <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers, what are you doing? Two interceptions, 133 yards, and James Winston. I've never seen someone throw five touchdown passes, and he had under 175 yards passing. But salute to James Winston. He earned his. I know he was fighting for Taysom Hill, you know, for that spot. But man, guys, 38 to three. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, again, I don't even know. Because, like, here's the one big thing about it, Aaron Rodgers. I had you on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. Talk, Joe. <laughs> and then you go and do this. Can you just wait a little bit or give me a heads up that you're going to tank so you can get traded so oh, I can dude. start Mac Jones next time? If he would have been, if I mean, looking at your matchup, <laughs> if he would have had a realistic outing, you probably would have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's a bummer. That's really Hate a bummer. To see it. Yeah, I think. Hate the, to see it. Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing coming out of this game, it was not all Jameis. Okay, you can take all the post game pre- press conferences you want, but I think the real big reason that we saw such a great overall offensive scheme because they didn't have to throw that much, and obviously, then yep. the next answer is it was on the ground, and it really was. Alvin Kamara was fantastic. Tony Jones was actually he's a very good compliment piece. I mean, they obviously moved on from Latavius Murray, who's likely to be in Baltimore. Um, don't know if he's playing tonight or not, but I mean, just the fact that he was in there getting half the half the touches that Kamara did, and I mean, really making use of it. I think he even got a catch as well. They're re- they're ready to use both guys again, and I think like a lot of people are kind of like, well, well, just give it all to Kamara. It's like, yeah, no, but <laughs> this is the NFL, not fantasy football. Okay, if we'd yeah. all want what we'd want, we'd all be GMs, and that's obviously not true. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still great to see, and I think this defense really stepped up because they were the ones that really gave Aaron Rodgers fits. Because I mean, the, especially the two interceptions right after halftime, it was just like. Boom! See you later. They're not ready to play, and this is this game's going to be over. Because I mean, the huge halftime lead, and then you come out with two straight interceptions. Might as well load the bus. And this is this isn't going to work. So they're going to reload and reload. And what a game they have to do that. I guess. Not that fun. True. <laughs> not fun. True. We'll get to. We're going to put off that mess until the, later later on this week. But we will cover the Lions just because obviously we have to, and that's kind of in our job description. We're homers. But come on, Brandon. I, I know, but I mean, it was just. It was a okay. Get, don't get me wrong. It was a great game. From like. Seven minutes left and on. But it was pretty rough some of those parts. I mean, obviously, the very beginning of the game was treacherous. I mean, we got down the f- we <laughs> we got down the field, and then at midfield, Jamal Williams f- falls on a guaranteed fourth down conversion. And then they f- Garoppolo fumbles on the ensuing snap, and then we get stagnant and miss a field goal. My yeah. right then and there, I was like, this is going to be an uphill fight. And then from then on out, San Fran scored on five straight or five out of six possessions, which the one that was not was the epic fail by Robbie Gould when he slipped and fell on his warm-up kick, which was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And if you haven't seen that, oh my gosh, just go on Twitter and search Robbie Gould and you will see it. And it was absolutely hilarious. But I mean, overall, very, very sloppy first half, I think, especially in the passing game. Goff was not sharp overall in 
that first half. Second half, though, we got it together a little bit. We started to see a little bit of that that vintage cough. But I think, I mean, really, I think the recipe for us getting success is, I mean, we just gotta we just gotta be able to use that ground game and establish it. And then keep going with it. Don't go off of it for a little bit, because I know there was times we went off of it. I mean, Jamal and DeAndre, they were eating for a while, and we just got to keep giving them touches. I think that's the key to success. And, I mean, hats off to San Francisco, because they exploited our young DBs. Boy, did they ever. Yeah, that was yeah. Ooh, ooh. That's the one thing that I think is like going to be the big game changer, is like once we get our defense kind of rolling and to a competitive level, that's not going to – like. When you score 33 points but let up 41, like, our offense is pretty solid. It's just the defense that you got to figure out. Because that's been the story basically for the past, like, five, six years, especially with Matt Stafford, because he'd be able to put up – I mean, he could put up 40, 40 points a game easy – but when you let up fifty, it's gonna be a tough one to come back from. Yeah, and we can't <laughs> we can't let we can't let yeah. Goff throw fifty seven times. He's not yeah. he's not Matt Stafford. Sorry, no offense, but he's not Matthew Stafford. I think it's interesting. You know, Lions are always remind me of like the New Year's resolution that everyone swears that they're gonna do, but uh. you just never end up you know doing. It. It's like oh, just I'm gonna give up sweets. You know, I'm gonna just then you you know have like a piece of cake like the next day or something, or I'm gonna get better grades than uh you know you know you just keep playing. Video, so. Yeah, you just play video games. But outside of that, um, no, I actually I really liked what I saw from Lions offensively in the second half. And really, a lot of people, San Francisco is not a bad team. Last year no, was not last at year, all. but people are forgetting they were in, everyone was injury prone because it was a pandemic year. So we're seeing Jimmy G starting to get back in his groove. Trey Lance got his first career touchdown. That defense is back. I'm shocked they still allowed 33 points, but with both of them boys. But the 49ers are one of the best teams in NFC and fully strength. People can see that this team did make a Super Bowl two years ago and was a throwaway you know to Emmanuel Sanders from completing that game but as far as golf I don't think he's as bad as people think I think that second half is something that he's shown he got the Rams to the Super Bowl a few years ago so I think he needs to be consistent in this offense I do like what I see but also this is kind of like a trial year run I do think the Lions are trying to do that for like to get draft picks for next year but that fight in the second half was great and if we would have completed it that would have been perfect but yeah mm -hmm. I mean it was just it was just tough to watch originally, and I actually had a buddy, um, long story short, I, uh, he was at the game, and he ended up leaving early, and I think he, I don't know when he, when exactly he left, um, but I, I was like, I texted him, I was like, dude, how's, like, how's the game going? It's getting pretty exciting, because it was after, it was at about, I, I don't know exactly when he left, I'm assuming it was probably around the time when we turned over on downs, and when in the fourth quarter, we were still down, like, 24. And then we got the two touchdowns back to back, and then we were driving down the field. I'm like, dude, are you how how crazy is it right now in Fort Field? He's like, oh, I'm not there. I left. And I was like, what? And then he's like, wait, what's going on? And I was like, we are about to potentially tie the game. And then that was eventually our drive ran out. But I mean, it was still cool to see the fight left, and just the fact that. We had the ability to make this a close game after, boy, it didn't look like it was going to be pretty in that first mm. quarter, especially after just <laughs> the gruesome, gruesome will fall over to the second quarter. But, I mean, tough team. I mean, I think the 49ers are going to be slept on and they continue to be slept on due to the injury concerns. And, by the way, if you are a fantasy football player, do not ever in the history of the game still exist while he's in the league draft Raheem Moster in any sort of fashion whatsoever because he's always injury prone and always has been and frankly <laughs> always will be you suffering from it brandon yeah. or something no i didn't but i know a buddy that was uh, in our league that did and Dang. he was not happy about that but then again he's been injured the last like three years so can't say you can expect the same but uh overall some scores around the league in the nfl not a great start for trevor lawrence got picked off three times against the texans leading to a 31 21 loss his first regular season lost in his career in football College, high school, probably even peewee. He has never lost a regular season game until now. And we'll see how he reacts from that. The Chargers beat the Washington football team 20-16. to Brandon Staley's first win. And actually the first Chargers head coach to win in their debut since Norv Turner all the way back in 2007. Uh, and the Seahawks winning over the Colts 28-16. to Let Russ cook. Jets fall to the Panthers. Wins Christian McCaffrey 19-14. to Whoa, what a game this was. I got to tune in with Red Zone at the very end of this game. The Bengals pulling off the up, well, upset. 
I, I'll say in quotation marks, 27-24 to 24 over the Vikings, including Joe Burrow's gutsy audible call on fourth down to make the completion to put them in field goal range and eventually win it. What a great win for the Bengals. Cardinals steamrolled the Titans. Did not expect that one. I did not either. Yeah, it was absolutely huge game for Kyler Murray, and I know he had, I think he had like 33 fantasy yeah. points. Ooh, that's, and DeAndre Hopkins, that's, thank you personally. Yes, and yeah, <laughs> yes, he, that was fantasy. great, great, great help. And I think I actually have him in our league. Yeah, I did. 26 points, 83 yards on two and two touchdowns on six catches. That's yes, that's pretty impressive, but not as not as big as Debo Samuel did against Detroit. Nine catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. And as much as my pride admits it, I did start him against Detroit. But anyway, hey, I got the W anyway. So wow, I'm sorry I had to do wow. it. But wow. I did have a bold predict. No, <laughs> wow, you, you, I, you know, I root for the Lions. Really gonna do that? To I us. root for the Lions, and I'm more somber about All I'm that. Hearing is you hate being a lion, like you hate the Lions. No, I don't. You don't believe in them. <laughs> no, I don't. You know that's a bold lie. You know no, that's, that's a bold lie. That's all I'm picking up from what you're putting down. You know what? That, okay. <laughs> no, a true <laughs> guy that would have said that would be anti-Lions when it jumped off the train 10 years ago. I would have been a Patriots fan because of Tom Brady in Michigan, which I chose not to be because that's the biased bandwagon, and that's not the route to go. I like Tom Brady, but that doesn't well, mean I'm hey, Brandon, you can come to the the, the grass is greener on the side. I'm so. staying with my Lions. I don't care. And just the fact is, it was from it was from my analyst perspective, Joe. And you know, you know how hard that is. Okay, tell me this. Did you pick the Lions to win over the 49ers last week? No chance. Okay, thank Sorry. you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Blasphemy. But one pick no, I did have that I was surprised actually went my way with Austin on our picks. Steelers upsetting the Bills, 23-16. to 16. Yeah. What a defensive slugfest that was. What a great win for the Steelers. I mean, they could be a sleeper in the AFC North, depending on what the Ravens do tonight. Then again, here's week one. Eagles beat the Falcons in... What considered a snooze fest, 36-6. Chiefs pull off the comeback, almost upset by the Browns. They ended up scoring, I believe, what is it, 21 unanswered in the fourth? You know what's also crazy? Mahomes never lost a game in September. Nope, <laughs> like, he's not. This really? Man is so, no, they showed that stat after they completed the comeback. He's And he's also never thrown an interception in uh, September. He, wow. Mahomes, wow. is there anything you're bad at? Like, That's this nuts. Is ridiculous. Even more crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, staff? knock on wood, he's got two more games. but <laughs> That is true. Yeah. You want to even know a even crazier stat? Check this. Cleveland in season opener since 1999. Ready for this? One twenty-one and one. They have only insane. won one opener since 1999. That's actually insane. <laughs> that is Holy absolutely crap. bonkers. Uh, we mentioned the Saints beating the Packers, beating huh, steamrolling. I think is the more appropriate word. 38 to three. Broncos beat the Giants 27-13. Shout out Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Mac Jones almost getting his first win. They ended up losing to the Dolphins 17-16. to Tua and Jalen Waddle get it done. And obviously the last game we can cover here in the NFL. Matthew Steph with a huge win Our man. on Former Sunday Lion. Night Football. Rams, the Rams are contenders this year. You know, Rams are contenders this year. Okay. Oh, instantly. They oh, won 34-14 yeah. to 14 over the Chicago Bears. And he was the story. I mean, just the fact yeah. of he's getting recognition beyond his time with Detroit deserves it. Like I said, last night. like I said, all throughout last year, or when this uh, trade went down, said, "Look what's going to happen when Matthew Stafford finally gets a defense that's not going to let them score every time the team gets the ball." And when you're up by like Matthew Stafford can score basically whenever he wants. We've already seen that happen. We've seen that mm-hmm. against the Bears, and the Bears don't have a shabby defense either. They have a pretty solid defense. Mm-hmm. But then you go with the Rams, who have one of the best defenses in the league right now. Pair that with Matthew Stafford, who's arguably top three, top five quarterback in the league as of right now and probably will be at the end of the season. Super Bowl trophy is probably in their grasp. Super, okay, Joe. Uh, me. Hot take right now, I'm but I'm, call. I stand I've by talked, it. Bold call. I've talked down on Stafford a lot, but honestly, even though he didn't win a playoff game in 12 years here, it's really hard to root against this guy. Like, he didn't always have the most help. You know, some stuff I did overlook. But I'm honestly happy for Stafford to be 21 of 26, three touchdowns, only five incompletions, no interceptions. He looks happy. And it's really just, as much as he did, all, honestly, off the field, Staff, Stafford's a likable guy. Mm-hmm. And I really think the Rams are honestly going to be a good team. This year is a test to see if he can get over the hump and get a playoff win. But, Joe, I do think they're going to be competitive. But I just think number 12 in Florida, you know, Tampa Bay, 
way. I think that's the only thing in his way. But I do, I do think the Rams ceiling. I think they could get to an NFC title I would say game. At least, at least they'll have. I think they'll have two, two. Uh, what are they gonna say? Two playoff wins this year. I think they can okay. get yeah to an NFC title game if well they could honestly win the division then it would only be a divisional round then uh, conference yeah. so I'd put them in the Super Bowl but hey if Stafford w- wins a ring this year I mean like oh yeah Detroit's gonna have a party regardless just because yeah. everybody will be so happy for him. oh yeah I'll root for it I think you can mark down I, I I think you can definitely mark down two teams I mean after week one obviously things can change injuries happen let let alone some of these teams already like the Ravens where I think you can put two NFC West teams in there already. Because, I mean, we just saw what Arizona did. Whoa. And then you got the Rams. You got the 49ers who put on a little bit of show. Yeah, it's Detroit. Yeah, we'll wait a little longer for them. And then you got the Seahawks, of course, that will always light it up at the beginning of the year. And if they can just put that through in the second half, they could be Super Bowl contenders easily. But I think you have a lot of scenarios where, like, the Rams can be an easy dark horse team because really the biggest part was their quarterback away. And now they got it. They got Matthew Stafford. 20 of 26, 321, three TDs. His third pass was for 67 yards and a touchdown to Von Jefferson. That play right there just shows you like that's what you pay the big bucks for is you th- pay to throw the ball deep. And now obviously we have to figure out how to do that ourselves with Jared Goff, but eventually we'll figure it out. But I mean, it's just been, I mean, you got these weapons. It just it kind of just reminds me of Tampa Bay a little bit. I mean, obviously not the same Aurora as Tampa Bay, but I mean, Cup, Woods, then you got Deshaun Jackson who can flash it on the sideline at any time. You got Von Jefferson who showed up last night, and then you got Tyler Higby. I mean, that's some lethal targets for Stafford to throw to, and then you have mentioned, of course, got to mention that defense. That's fantastic. They ended up, I think, had what one interception and a fumble knockdown. I think. I mean, it's it's really hard to just not see this team on paper as being easily Super Bowl contenders. And, I mean, they really showed it last night. And the Bears, they might be looking backwards until they put somebody somebody on the field at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hard to put. Fields first star obviously took snaps with Dalton, but Fields, I believe, is going to be very, very special in the future. But this year is going to be a lot of growing pains for the Bears, which is uh, good as Lions fans. Yeah, I mean, he did get get his first NFL touchdown with that three-yard scamper, I believe it was. Um, I mean, it was one of their two touchdowns that entire day, with the other one being a touchdown to David Montgomery, who definitely looked good despite that Rams front, 108 yards on a touchdown. But, I mean, I think it's really just a time. I know we saw a lot of Bears fans that are just like... Dude, this game's over. Put Fields in. Let him go. Let him go. But they're still grooming him. And I think he just got to wait. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be hard because you might see Bears stagnant offensively. I mean, you you only got ready for this zero catches. I think it was for um, was it? I think it was zero catches for Allen Robinson in the second half. That could be wrong. I think, or maybe it was the first half. He was not very like in the game. I mean, he had eleven targets, but he only caught six of them. Uh, I think. I think their leaving receiver in yards was Marquise Goodwin, who <laughs> hasn't played an NFL game I think in two years, and <laughs> was in the was was training for the Olympics at one point instead of worrying about catching a football. So I think you you have some concerns there, but I mean, you got other receivers, obviously Darnell Mooney, out, um, and then you got Cole Komet as well. Not gonna say Jimmy Graham's name because no. So I think you definitely have some intrigue now in the NFC North with everybody. Wait, everybody lost. Yeah. It's remarkable. Lions lost, lost. Bears lost. Vikings lost. Packers lost. Who We're all thought? in one. Who would have thought? We, we are the at NFC the top. The Detroit Lions are at top of the division right now and are looking nothing but upward. You know, I That's think something good to say. This is, you know, screw what everybody says. This is our year. I think this the Lions. Is our year. All right, let's go. The, all the, in. the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hurry up. I was like, man, you're putting your credibility on the line there, Trev. putting all my eggs in one basket. You heard Yeah, it. I mean, I would <laughs> no, love to kidding. see that, and I just pray at one point that I'll be in I mean, it'll be my lifetime that we finally yeah, accomplish I, I that would, goal. I would love it. So, Tom I, Brady, can you just get traded to the Lions, and then everybody will call you the GOAT. Oh, you yeah, oh, yeah. If you want a, that's a twin. If you, if you wanna, want a true a testament to be the undisputed GOAT, Come to Detroit and win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Guaranteed no one will say anything less about oh, yeah. you being the greatest football player ever or even greatest athlete to ever exist on planet Earth. So I think that's definitely cool. fair. But uh, finishing out the show, a quick wrap-up of MLB. I mean, right now, guys, Detroit, we're only 14 games out. That's yeah, for only 14? I mean, yeah. we still got, what, 17 days left in the regular season? Right, just kind of went out. 
Just gotta win out and hopefully everybody <laughs> else loses. Order. What if that what if that happens? We everybody just needs to win out and everybody yeah, else. But I think the biggest thing is like, look where we are. We're we're just a couple games under five hundred. When what we had it gone through in the last three years to seeing this Fox. young team going up with a dominant rotation. Well, let me take that back. Dominant young rotation. Yeah. We got some other pieces to fill, but I mean these guys are playing very well, and I think you got to give it to give credit to AJ or AJ Hinch. Excuse me, I almost said John Lynch. Thinking about the 49ers still, it's in my nightmares. But I think you definitely can make the argument that Detroit has been one of the best improved teams this year by far. And I think there's a couple other teams you put in that argument. I think San Fran obviously takes the cake for what they're doing, 93 and 50 right now. Yikes. But I think it's still great to see you. I mean, we got a lot of great guys on the way up. And, I mean, this is it. We have the team built. Illich, yeah. Avila, got to spend. Spend oh, yeah. now. Yeah. It's time. This I mean, team's ready to roll. We're one couple you pieces away. It, I mean, you toss it. I mean, we have Spencer Torkelson, who's already at AAA after starting – Basically low A uh, this year, going from Whitecaps, then to the Seawolves, now to the Mud Hens. Most likely this next year he'll be starting probably at first base, and we're going to try to scoop Miguel Cabrera to the D- at the DH spot only, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then you toss in Riley Green, who will be a pretty solid. I think Dylan Dingler is now in, I think it's still in Erie. I don't know if he got pulled up as uh, to triple a but he's still no very, i think he's still an eerie yeah but he's still a very good uh a batter that we can have up there the young core that we're gonna get and then if illich and avila start spending some money get us some guys who can you know fill those spots maybe get a little bit better pitching rotation kind of make us that way we have a little bit more i guess more offensive danger to teams where we'll be able to face them off especially like the white Sox, who we have to combat at some point uh it's gonna be it's it's definitely looking up, especially since last. I mean, we had a what a hunt? Didn't we have like a hundred fifteen loss season? We or did. Something? Yeah, like two that years was the ago. Most we've had since two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three yep. was a hundred nineteen loss season. Yeah. So almost <laughs> at that spot. And then to think, two years later, we're only at seventy six. Maybe we'll get. I mean, sub ninety. So hopefully we'll be able to play it out pretty solid, and then hopefully get some players. But Tigers are looking up. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited for the future. Uh, this year we've shown, even though we've had a lot of growing pains, we've shown a lot of promise, too, even had a no-hitter this season. I think next year, I believe we're going to make the wild card next year. I really, really believe that, especially bold with call. the drafting. Yeah, I'm just full of bold takes today. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, feeling, you know, I, feeling I, it. Definitely Detroit sports is on the upward, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe our next contest will be against Milwaukee. That'll be tomorrow. We are at home, though. We're at Comerica, so can't say anything about home field advantage. But, uh, I mean, right now, looking right now at the standings, we got in the AL Tampa Bay, well, Houston, and the White Sox leading as division leaders right now. And um, the only close teams behind in the wild card as of now is Toronto, Boston are in the lead spots with the Excuse me, the Yankees half game out, the A's and the Mariners. <laughs> the Mariners, I did say that. That just shocked me first I say it. But they're a good team, don't get me wrong. Like it's just kind of crazy to see like there's no Indians up there. There's no twins up there. They're all just kinda they're they're kinda taking a dump this year. <laughs> it's really hard. To, this year. Yeah, it's really hard. Like they're they're normally powerhouses, but I mean the fact is like we're we could see a flip flop here. I mean, this is gonna come down to the wire. I mean Toronto, Boston, you I mean just think about this. Boston and the Yankees as the two wildcard teams. Oof. That's gonna be an absolute dogfight. Might turn into a bar fight after after the game, but I mean, <laughs> it could be it could just be an insane wild card series with those two teams in there. But I mean, overall, I mean, I think there's no other crazier story right now than San Francisco, 93 and 50. The Giants <laughs> making trades for Chris Bryan. It's been upward ever since. I mean, right now them leading the West by against the Dodgers will buy two games or no, sorry, two and a half games. And, I mean, now the Dodgers are in a little bit of a hole with Trevor Bauer officially being suspended for the rest of the season amidst his investigations. It's going to be tough. Is that, the, is that the end for the Dodgers? I think it very well could be a big factor. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The Dodgers have just, uh, I don't know, salary cap needs to be added to baseball. That's all I got to say. Like, because they just, they have enough money to go around to fulfill basically refill a spot it's not going to be too yeah, bad they're not taking ketchup packets from other stadiums no there's no no <laughs> they're not trying to like gyps from people out they can shovel out money as much as they want so if trevor bauer that doesn't work out and i mean that investigation kind of goes south then they can fulfill a spot pretty easily so 
Yeah. I'm not it, really too worried about it. It's going to be hard. And I think really, I mean, like you got, I think this could be a very interesting division to watch because you got Slam Diego there in the wild card spot as of now. And Cincinnati could knock him out at this rate. And I don't forget about the Cardinals who have been kind of up and down. The Mets also who have been up and down. But I think you definitely have an exciting an exciting playoff series coming with these two teams or with all these teams just because like anything can happen any day. I mean, we saw what happened with the Yankees and Mets with the rivalry. Uh, guys, one day after all the festivities for 9-11, we had the peaceful gathering over home plate. Now we're throwing punches. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, it, but, and again, it's New York, so it's it's definitely understandable. But definitely a great show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check us out at the MVSP on social media. And make sure you... Um, follow us and subscribe to whatever platform you're on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you are on. Make sure to check us out. Joe, Travis, great show, guys. Take care, everybody. <laughs>